Well, we're going to look at finishing strong as we go into this new year. Um, with everything going on, I was listening to some different folks. They had a TV program, and they were talking about what's really going on in the world that you're not hearing, and that, you know, um, they were saying, well, you know, Russia has invaded the Ukraine, and it's been nine months of them just tormenting and doing terrible things, and, and, uh, and I'm not for war, and I'm not for Russia, and I'm not for people dying, but, you know, it's funny how we invaded Afghanistan, and were there 20 years, and over 400,000 Afghanistans died, many women and children, but the media never said a whole lot about that. It's funny how we went in, one of the head CIA agents that um, was, when Bush Jr. was in office as president, before we went into Iraq, he went in with the intelligence and laid it on the president's desk, and he said, there are no mass weapons of destruction in Iraq. There are none. And the president said, leave. He walked out, and he resigned his position because he realized it never was about that. And we send our young men and women to go do things because there are ungodly priorities that are going on. And I'm not here to, I'm just telling you, it's media demons. They're demonic. What they report and what's really the truth. And what's really happening is Russia has devastated what's gone on all the the infrastructure in Ukraine, they are messing it up bad. They are moving these supersonic missiles, nuclear heads, they are moving them. They're bringing in their tanks. And if we're not careful, as we have spent $110 billion in funding a war, when even the Ukrainians would like to have peace, Putin would be willing to but we keep it going in Yemen. We have financed a lot of the war in Yemen, and over a million of the Yemen people have died, and over half of the people that have died are women and children. War is money for a lot of wealthy people. And I'm all for our armed forces, I'm all for our men and women, but they're young and they do what they're told. But I just want you to realize we are getting to the point, our best nuclear weapon, what they have is seven times faster. And if we're not careful, we could see a major attack on the United States of America and devastate our nation. Christians need to be praying. It's funny because there's droughts taking place everywhere right now. But you know the nation that's not struggling with drought is Israel. 
and they're producing all kinds of stuff. They're like a shining, shining coin in this area where everybody else is struggling. Eventually, they will move, these nations will move to come after Israel. And we're not Israel's hope, only, only Jesus is. But I tell you that because we, we hear so much, oh, they're bad, they're bad, they're bad. There is such corruption in the leadership of the Ukraine. We have no idea where $110 billion $110 billion. We have no idea where it's all gone. Of our taxpayer money, we need to be crying out, stop this. They just passed this omnibus or whatever it is bill to fund all this stuff. And what that did is it tied any new elected official. It tied their hands. They can't do anything for nine months now. To the border or anything. It's demonic. And we need to be praying for the salvation of those that are in leadership. We need to be praying that as believers, we are witnessing and sharing the gospel with all those that are around us. So that's why I'm saying let's live free in 23. Let's go after Jesus like never before. Let's, let's let people know that God loves them. Because if things start happening and this nation is attacked, All hell will break loose. I remember Rick Joyner wrote a book, and in the book, he said, from Mexico, the cartel, along with communist states such as China, they would send in droves of people that would start murdering People in Arizona, people in New Mexico, people in Southern California, and people in Texas. And they would be overwhelmed, but the government and the United States could not help them because we were engaged in another war. And these lower states cried out for help, and extra police officers, extra sheriff deputies, they all headed down to these states to try to stop they were slaughtering people as they were coming through. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but with what's going on at our border, that is not a problem right now. I'm all about helping people become citizens, but when they are just coming in by the we are in trouble. The prayers of the righteous availeth much. Amen? The first statement I want to say about finishing strong is this. When you understand who you are in Christ, you can say no to sin. Somebody say amen. Yesterday I was out and I ran into uh, some folks I know. They're strong Catholics. The wife loves the Lord. And I said, how's it going? And she's like, it's not going really good. My husband of 52 years decided to get on a bus and go to Mexico. He's been there two and a half months. He's bought a house, bought a truck. He's not got a hold of me. 
My children have talked to him. He says, I'm just going to stay here. Not invited his wife down. Not. And she's devastated because she's never seen anything like this happen before. This is what the devil is doing. He's directing people in their flesh to go do what they want. And it's destroying. I mean, his children, his grandchildren, they're like, we don't understand what our dad's doing. And this woman has worked so hard to bless him. And it's nothing but a demonic attack on their marriage. I mean, they're 70, they're in their early 70s. Oh my gosh, that's the last thing you would think would happen to your marriage. When you understand who you are in Christ, you can say no to sin. But I feel like people aren't listening to me. Forget your feelings. I feel like eating all kinds of cake and ice cream and everything, but it's not good for me. There's times I feel like spanking my wife, but I shouldn't. There's times she feels like beating me, but she shouldn't. Oh, you holier-than-thou people. There's times she doesn't like me, but she has to love me. There's times she said, I'll never divorce you, but right now I would like to murder you. She doesn't say that very often. Good thing that red challenge flag is not in her hand right now. First Peter 4.10, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. We are to take the gifts of the talents that God has given us, not hoard them, not, not build upon ourselves, for ourselves. We're to go bless others. When has it become the priority in a marriage, in a home, at a job, with your children or your children towards your parents where it's all about me? That doesn't exist in the kingdom. It's what I want. No, it's not what you want. Your gifts, your talents, they're given to go bless others. And you know what? It's got to start in your house, and that's the hardest place. Can I get an Amen. Let us continue in 2023 to be fruitful and compassionate. Let us live free in 23. Freedom in Christ births excitement. It brings forth excitement and a desire. When you really know who you are in Christ, you have a desire to be holy. Can I say that again? People going off. A guy leaving his marriage of 52 years, going down there, and she said, I've seen things from the phone bill of who he's talking to, and it's not good. People walking away from their marriage because they feel like they deserve something more. When you said, I do, when you made a covenant before the King of kings and the Lord of lords, it was in sickness and in health until death parted. 
and there are ups and downs, and it's not about you. Two weeks ago, I had this dream, and I watched Abraham. God chose Abraham. And in the dream, the angel spoke to him, God's going to give you and Sarah a son. We're old. That can't happen. God's going to do it. And years go by, and there's no son. So what do we do? We get in our flesh. And Sarah goes, <laughs> it's so funny. Abraham, the only way we'll get a son is if you sleep with my maidservant, Hagar. Why would she even say that? If an angel of the Lord showed up and told Shiloh and I we were going to have a child at some point, I'm like, I'm just going to trust God. And I'm going to have a lot of fun working on it. Now, don't go there. <laughs> she brings forth, Hagar brings forth a son, and now Sarah is ticked. She's mad at Abraham. You did this. But you, you did this. I want them out. It's either them or me. Come on now. It's about to make some ladies mad. Be careful, ladies. In the garden, your desire after sin was for the position of headship in the home. You wanted to make the decisions. You wanted to direct the steps. And some of you have done that. And that never was God's intention. Sarah took charge, overrode God, go do this, they have a son. And now this child and his mother are put out. Well, he did it. Uh-uh. He looked at what hell he was going to live with either way. Come on now. I'm not justifying his actions, but I'm not justifying your push. Come on, ladies, you know how to. No, no, no. Honey, go. Oh, no, come back. Oh, come on, honey, right. There you go, honey. See, you made that decision on your own to go do that. No, but there was something behind. That's a whole message in itself. It's not about you. Hello? It's not about you. Do you think that 70-year-old man, if he divorces his wife, and maybe he's found some young thing down, do you think she's going to stick around to take care of him when he can't care for himself? Come on now. Oh, but my flesh... 
We are to go after holiness. Pause. And then, what's that doing to his children and his grandchildren? Don't you understand? God's got a purpose and a plan for your children and grandchildren, and the devil may be directing you in the wrong direction because there's a mighty calling and something God wants to do in and through them, but because your flesh is wanting to go this way, you could destroy what God's wanting to do in where they can rise up and affect the kingdom in a way that can never be affected. Come on, get over yourself. It's not about you. My goal in my life is to finish strong. Too many finish weak. If I can make to 60 years of marriage and I can stand up and say, and she put up with me. She survived me. All the jewels in heaven. For her. You see, I don't do this because it's a career. Oh, please help me. I do this because it's a calling. And only 20% of those in ministry finish. Only 20%. That is a sad statistic. They have the fourth highest divorce rate. Suicide is high amongst ministers. You better know you are called. And you better have a confirmation in Scripture so you can keep going back to it. And you can have the same battle that Moses, God says, those are your people. Oh, no, God. Moses said, they're your people. No, they're your. No, no, you did that. And there's times I'm like, Lord, they're, they're your people at Church of Life. Oh, no, 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 I called you there. They're your people. You know. Let's not point the finger at one another. Let's just lock arms and get it done. See, that's why people, a lot of people, they, they avoid me because I am a straight shooter. I am a straight shooter. I love you, but I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't care how you feel. I'll do it in love, but don't tell me that your flesh means more than the holiness, the character, and the integrity that God has that he wants you to walk in. And we all fall short, but we get back up and we get back in the race. Take your sphere of influence and light it up for Jesus in 23. Get yourself full of God. I told you the way I said, I was six chapters away from starting 2023 in the New Testament. I was six chapters away from finishing up the Old Testament. And everything in me wanted to go... Because I can't wait to get, because I've been in the Old Testament for two years. In my daily devotion. And I'm like, no, don't do that, because there's some good stuff in Malachi. 
take it in, study it. I get so excited about my time with God every day. I'll come in and I'll say, Shaloi, did you know this? Or she'll come to me and say, did you see this? No. If we live free in 23, it starts with Christ and denying our flesh daily. Take up your cross and follow him. Remember the parable of the workers that Jesus gave in Matthew 20? I'm going to give this guy this amount of money, and then this group of guys this amount of money, and then three or four hours later, another group of guys. Okay, you guys go work in the field too, and I'll give you the same amount of money. And last hour, the last hour, a guy shows up, and Jesus is like, yeah, you go work for the last hour, and I'm giving you all the same wages. And the workers were mad. I've been here all day. I've served in this factory 43 years, and that young guy, all mad. Let me help you out. When you're out there making coffee, when you're at that front door opening that door, when you're helping somebody get their children to that class, when you're teaching in that classroom back there, when you do, you are getting the same reward as me up here speaking because we're doing it together. That's what the kingdom of God. So when you bring somebody to church or somebody gets saved on Sunday morning, that's being accounted to you because you're a part of this local body and you get the same reward that I may be getting. It's a team effort, and what you do matters. What you do matters. It makes a difference. The first 15 minutes, people decide whether they're going to come back. That should encourage you. Your little matters. It was Reinhard Bonnke that said, when I'm doing this crusade and there's a million people, and the guy is picking up in the semi all the equipment, and he's driving it across to Africa, and he gets it there, and he helps unload it, and he helps set it up. He said, all those millions of people that are coming, you know, Jesus, he gets credit for because I couldn't do it without him. Come on, don't you get that? It's not an Owen thing. It's a we thing for the kingdom. Your effort matters in Christ. That's why Jesus understood those labors in the last hour. They took in. They took in. And because he is overseeing it, they got the same reward as those that were at the beginning. Isn't that good? Maybe you say, man, I, I just gave my Lord, my, my life to the Lord at age 60, but you know what? It's never too late. You're going to get those rewards. We're not serving God for the rewards, but what I'm telling you, what you do even at a later age matters. Second Samuel 9, 7 through 13. I like this Leonard Ravenhill quote. It says, are the things you're living for worth Christ dying for? 
That's a gut check on priorities. Are the things you're living for worth Christ dying for? If I could just get this house, if I could just get this, if I could just have that, if I could expand this business, if I could expand, is it, is all your effort being poured into something, is it worth what Christ died for? Because the only thing that's really going to matter in heaven is souls. That's the only thing you'll take with you. We've got to use our giftings even as we battle this life of the flesh to spread the good news. God gives us skills and gifts to reach others. In Exodus chapter 31, verses 2 through 5, I don't have time to read it this morning, but he brought in certain skilled craftsmen to do something in the building that God had given them the skills and the talents for, and he appointed that in their life. There are many of you that have those skills and you're a craftsman, and God wants to use that in the kingdom of God. What greater way than helping those that maybe are a widow or a single mom? You know, you just never know what God wants to do. Point number one, have you allowed others or circumstances to cripple you? How have you allowed others or circumstances to cripple you? 2 Samuel 4.4, Jonathan, the son of Saul, had a son who was crippled in his feet. He was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel. And his nurse took him up and fled and as she fled in haste, he fell and became lame. And his name was Mephibosheth. See, some of you have been dropped during life. You've been set aside. You've been hurt. You've been wounded. You've been rejected. Somebody was trying to do something good, but in their haste, they wounded. They dropped you. Or maybe not even trying to do good, but you got crippled up in your memory. And you are still living in your past, and you focused on that time of the fall for the last 10 years when you've had 10 years to focus on God's goodness in the meantime. We keep looking back. He divorced me. He rejected me. She divorced me. She hurt me. That business guy, he cheated me. He, and and it's, just, it's eating your clock up. And, and, and all, you can't even think. And it's just, when God's saying, let go. Mom and dad maybe weren't the best parents. They weren't. Can I tell you something? There's still the Father in heaven. He makes up the difference. Hello? But you've been dropped. And what you don't know is that because of a praying dad or mom, a Jonathan, who was a very good son to Saul, who was a best friend to David, even though siblings were killed and massacred, he was sent to a place called Lodabar. Some of you have been living in Lodabar too long. A wasteland, a desert place, a place where Lodabar says it means lack of bread. When David sends his men, find me a relative of Jonathan that I may bless him. 
And these soldiers come to Mephibosheth in Lodabar, a wasteland, a place. And he says to them, or when he gets in front of David, as you read 2 Samuel there, I am nothing but a dead dog. Oh, my gosh. How many of you have isolated yourself and all you're saying is starting 2023, I am so unworthy. I've been Lodabar in Lodabar way too long. I'm on Mephibosheth. And David, the king, the king looks at him and he says, you are Jonathan's son. And I loved your father. And because of your father, I as the king am going to bless you. I'm giving you all your dad's land back. You will eat at my table every day. I will bless you, Mephibosheth. You see, some of you have been in the place of no bread, but Jesus has come to be the bread of life. Come on now. He's come to be the bread of life, and the king sent his son to find you so that you could be picked up out of Lodabar and you could be placed at the king's table so you could start eating and dining and enjoying what God has. This is a good message today. Somebody ought to rejoice. Live free in 23. Quit living in your past. Quit looking at Lodabar. Quit referring to yourself as a dead dog. Oh, my goodness. That nurse that was taking care of him was trying to do the right thing. Come on. She was trying to do the right thing. 2 Samuel 9, 7, and David said to him, do not fear. I will show you kindness for the sake of your father. Jesus says, for the sake of my father, I will show you kindness. Oh my goodness. Get this this morning. If we can stay in our identity, we can live a life of holiness. I will restore to you all the land of Saul and your father. What the locust has eaten, God can restore. Come on now. And he paid homage and he said, what is your servant that you should show regards for a dead dog such as I? Then the king called Ziba, Saul's servant, he said, all that belonged to Saul, all to his house I have given to your master's grandson. You and your sons now are servants to him. Later on, Absalom rises up against his father, David's son, the king's son, and he goes after him to take over the throne. And Ziba is out there, and Mephibosheth stayed at the palace because he was crippled. And so Ziba goes to David when he takes back the throne. He says, you know, Mephibosheth, Jonathan's son, he didn't come. David goes, all that I have given to him is now yours. Because Ziba, he was not a faithful servant. When David gets back to the palace, he goes to Mephibosheth. 
And he says, you didn't come. He said, my king, I couldn't. But I have always been loyal, and I am still loyal to you. And he looks at him and goes, I gave all that I gave to you to Ziba. And this is Mephibosheth's attitude. That's okay. That's okay. Let him have it. And all of a sudden, David realized this guy's telling the truth. He's faced this life of being crippled. And now, I've told him what I've done. And he's like, it's okay. You see, Mephibosheth understood it wasn't about the things. He had integrity and honor. And David said, whoa, wait a minute. Half can go to Ziba. Half is staying here with you, Mephibosheth. You stay in my house. You see, God will take care of us even when others lie and wrong us. Are you in a place of, of isolation? I should have said desolation too. Are you in a place of isolation? That's point number two. David is mentioned 1,129 times in Scripture. He was a man after God's own heart. He failed, he sinned, he screwed up, but he kept coming back. He's a great example of restoration, of remaining tender even in his mess. It's never too late to come back. Turn to your neighbor and say that. It's never too late. It's never too late. You see, you may feel like God has forgotten you. You may feel like you've been forsaken in your mess. But one day the king will remember you. And he'll send some folks out looking for you. Because Jesus doesn't forget. Amen? Isaiah. Well, Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. We get a free gift of eternal life. And then Isaiah 60, uh, 59, 1 and 2 says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, or his ear dull, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he does not hear you. But it's never too late, church, to repent. His hand's not short. A place of isolation. Has your life taken a detour to Lodabar? Jesus is the bread of life. He wants to be and give us spiritual nourishment. That's why it's so important to take the Word of God every day and to be in it. Whether it's on your phone, your iPad, your computer, in the car, you need a daily time in the Word of God. You cannot get enough of this. And the Holy Spirit will open this up to you. You'll be encouraged. Don't try to read the Bible through in a year. You're just going to feel like you've got to get through it. And you're not going to get a whole lot. I tell people, don't do that. I, I think it's nice that people want to do it. But I'm like, take your time. Go slow. Let God speak to you. Go at your pace so that the Holy Spirit can speak to you.
You see, you're not a dead dog. You may be in a place of isolation, but the king is looking to show you his kindness. And we have this message to give a lot of people outside these walls in this county and surrounding counties that are isolated and living in Lodabar. And they call themselves dead dogs because they've screwed up and failed and messed up. And God's like, just go love on them. But you got to speak the truth. You don't approve of sin. You speak the truth. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. You've been wrong. You've been wrong, but can I tell you something? God can take the wrong that's been done to you, and before you know it, he can bring you to the king's table. The wrong can help sharpen and build character and integrity in you so that you can be a better person. The storm, that failure, can form character. Can you ask for forgiveness and seek restoration? Some need to stop resisting the Holy Spirit and start resting and trusting Him. Can I say that? Some people need to stop resisting the Holy Spirit and start resting and trusting in Him. John 14, 13, whatever you ask in my name, this will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. I was listening to a pastor's wife talk about her battle with cancer. She was 40 years old. She had tumors all over her liver. And they told her at the most a month, but most likely two weeks, she would be dead. Her husband were, and her were praying, and she just started getting scriptures. She posted them all over the house, in the car, everywhere she was, she had scriptures. I will live and not die. You know, by his stripes, we were healed. I was healed. And, there, and then her kids came to her and I said, Mom, Christmas is coming, and we know you like dishes. We got this set, but only half came in, and it's going to be like two months before the other half comes in. But when we get it, we're going to give it to you. And she goes to God, and she says, God, even my children believe I'm going to be here in two months. They're believing you. I'm believing you. Show them who you are. 48 years later, she has been healed, cancer was gone, still living for Jesus. But she had polio as a child, and one leg was much thinner than the other. God never touched the leg, but he healed the cancer. Sometimes God does an instant miracle. Sometimes he works a miracle through physicians and doctors and nurses, and he works through them, and you get it. But the third time is, if you don't get the instant and you don't get it from them, the greatest healing is to leave this body and go to heaven, where you are healed forever. But I am of the belief, I'm going to pray for you until you are healed or you're in heaven. I'm not going to give up. I don't care what the circumstances say. God is a big God. I went into the hospital. This is a few years back. There was a lady laying it. She was probably 40 years old. And I didn't know her. And the Lord said, just pray for her how she wants you to pray. And I'm like, okay. 
So her husband was there, she was there, and, and she was battling some terrible disease. And I said, ma'am, I'm here, how can I pray for you? And she took my hand, and she said, I know Jesus. I want to be with Jesus. Would you pray that I just go to heaven? I had never prayed that prayer for somebody. I looked at her husband and he said, that's what she wants you to pray. And the Holy Spirit pray. I said, in the name of Jesus, Lord, would you take her to heaven? She went, <gasps> and took her last breath. I went, this is my response. I she wanted that. She asked me to do it. He goes, yeah, yeah, I know. I'm like, don't be getting mad at me, dude. So if you're in the hospital and you ask me to pray, if your spouse tells me to pray that, I won't do it. But that's a true story. Because he loved her so much. And she wanted to be with Jesus. That's the one and only time that's ever happened in my life, but I will never forget it. Ever. Would you stand with me this morning? The last point. What will you accomplish in 2023? I believe you need to get along with God and ask Him, Lord, what is it you wanted me to do this year? Can I do more for the kingdom? What can, more can I do in my family? What can I do for those that are hurting? God, if you bring those people into my sphere of influence, wherever I'm at, and that need's there, God, remind me to help them. What is it you want me to do? Is it to get involved? Maybe it's just to pray for that grandson or granddaughter or son or daughter-in-law. Would you just make them a priority of prayer this year? Maybe the Holy Spirit says. I just meet so many Christians that have received Jesus, but they've been imprisoned by shame. They can't get over what they've done. I watch them not, they're not enjoying their marriages. They're not enjoying their family. They're not enjoying their workplace. They're, they're just surviving. That's not what God wanted you to do. God wants you to enjoy where you are right now. Some of the biggest answers to prayer is when you set all your requests and demands aside and you say, Jesus, who am I to bless today? Who am I? That's what Jesus, he went around and just blessed them. He fed them. He loved on them. He laughed with them. He spent time with them. He sat in the hot sun by the well waiting on them. Come on. 
Who am I to bless? Maybe it's that wayward son or daughter, and God's saying, I want you to take every Tuesday in 2023 to fast for them. No food, just liquid. But during those three meals, I want you to get in the Word, and then I just want you to pray for them. You see, we can complain about them. We can gripe about them. We can do, but sometimes we got to do spiritual war, and God's saying, would you just armor up and really seek on their behalf me? Oh, but that's discipline and work on our part. But you know what? God honors that if he tells you to do that. Years ago, I'd done some 10-day fasts, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, I'm going to have you do a 21-day fast. And I'm like, God, I don't want to do no 21-day fast. I love my Coke, my Pepsi, my pizza, my ice cream. I, I, I don't want to do that. And I just blew that off, pushed it back. About a year and a half later, he said, now's the time I want you to do this fast. No food, just a liquid fast. You can drink coffee with nothing in it. Well, when you're on a fast coffee with nothing in it, that's not good. Because I asked him if I could do that. Fourteen days into that fast, I was so drained. I still went to work, never told anybody. Still did everything I went and did every day. But I was going to bed at 7 o'clock. And I was waking up at 2 o'clock. And I was in the Word, and I was, I was refreshed. I was doing that. But I reached a point physically and even emotionally where I didn't want to go on. And I remember Shaloi got the kids, and they surrounded me. <laughs> and they said, Dad, she said, Honey, God called you to do this 21-day fast. We know you can do it. We know God's going to speak to you about some stuff. And they started praying for me. And so I made the 21 days. And then I sat down. And I started writing things that God was giving me. Because he told me he would speak some things to me. Things that changed my ministry. Things that changed the direction in my life. Things that were. And then I said, Lord, please, 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 please. Out of your mercy, don't ever make me do that again. But I've had these strong studs tell me, I can't go a day without food. Yeah, you can. If the spiritual battle is raging in your family, in your marriage, you, you can do it. I'm not talking to Daniel fast. That's, that's a wussy fast. I'm sorry for using that word for some of you. I'm not saying you can't do that, but I'm talking about when you deny this flesh, you get really in tune with the Spirit. And when you're in the Word, He speaks to you. What is it God wants to do in your family, in your job, in your health? You're running to every doctor, but you've not spent enough time asking the great physician what's going on. The devil loves to put dues on us. Go do this. Go see them. Go do this. Go talk to this family member. Go do, do, do. He loves to have do, do all over you. 
to keep you so distracted instead of just be still and know, oh my goodness, that I am God. Whew! I don't have it together. I still mess up, still battle, but I have determined I will finish strong. I will close with this. I've been praying for seven months about something. Shloy's been praying with me. Asking God to show me exactly what I needed to do. I was in my car two weeks ago, or two and a half weeks ago, and the Holy Spirit said, you can do that, and I'll bless you. I'm like, great, that would be awesome. But he said, I look at you as a Caleb, Owen. And the mountain is before you. And if you'll go, as Caleb did to Joshua, and say, I may be older, but I feel just as strong. I may be 40 years older, but I want that place that was promised to me in the promised land, and I will go take it. If you'll be a Caleb Owen, and you'll decide to go after what I called you to do, I'm going to give it to you. And I came home and I told Shaloi, this is what God spoke to me. And she teared up. She goes, that is so But I spent almost six months in prayer just asking for direction. Sometimes it doesn't come overnight. With your heads bowed, where are you at? We've got to learn to handle constructive criticism. Even when it's point blank at times, we need it. We've got to be able to practice discipline in our spiritual lives so that our wives and our children, man, there's so much that rests on us. Our wives and our children can see that fruit coming out of us. And we can say, I wasn't the man I was back then. I'm a new person. You can trust me. And ladies, you can say the same thing. We need to apply the blood to the shame. Shame is nothing more than a feeling in your consciousness due to the failures or perceptions of the past. And Jesus said, my blood covers it. Hebrews, I'll close with this verse. Hebrews 10, 22 and 20. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from all, from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he has promised to be faithful. Let the Lord renew your mind with the washing of the word. So Jesus, this first Sunday of January in 2023, I just pray for a fresh and filling in their lives. Let those that are in Lodabar come out. 
in the name of Jesus. Let those that are speaking death over themselves, I'm just a dead dog, let that be stopped in the name of Jesus. Let them see this year as a new beginning on their journey to finish strong. The past is under the blood, and there's new things that you have for them. Bless them and use them in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a good week. If you'd like to support the ministry at Church Alive, there are three easy ways for you to give. You can give at www.churchalivewc.org. Click the giving button in the top of the menu. Then you will scroll to the giving page. And there you will choose a designation. Then type in the amount you'd like to give. You can choose to give to another fund by clicking the Add a Donation button. Leave a comment or make your gift reoccurring by clicking in the box. Then you will click whether you want to give by a card or your bank account. Enter your information and check the amount you want to give, then click the Submit button. You can also give through the Church Alive app that can be found in your phone's app store. Once you've downloaded the app, click on the Church Alive app, click the Giving button, and then click Continue on the next page. You'll be taken to the app's Giving page. From there, follow the instructions for giving online. If you'd like to send a check, the address is Church Alive Worship Center at 2401 South 100 West, Lafayette, Indiana, 47909. We want to thank you for being part of the Church Life family, and we pray that God will bless you.